What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future passion. Explore paths to careers that will excite and motivate you. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu to find out how to connect to your future. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Lights in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. RSV, COVID-19, and the flu mean we're in the middle of what doctors are calling a triple-demic. Priority Health Senior Medical Director Dr. Dave Rizzuto says cases of RSV in children are filling hospitals. And really all the children's hospitals in the state of Michigan uh, and, and outlying uh, uh, states as well are seeing that impact. Speaking with state epidemiologists, the folks that typically track and trend and follow these things, the trajectory for RSV this time of year is really considered unprecedented. Rizzuto says RSV is happening more because kids are not as isolated as they were at the height of the pandemic. He recommends hand washing, covering your sneezes, and getting vaccinated against COVID, as well as the flu. Berrien County Drain Commissioner Christopher Quatrin has celebrated the completion of the county's newest rain garden, this one in Watervliet, a ribbon cutting for the South Watervliet Drain Rain Garden at South Elementary School on Lucinda Lane near St. Joseph Catholic Church was held today. Quatrin tells us rain gardens capture groundwater and filter it through plants and pipes as the water makes its way into natural streams. We're able to not only filter the water, but also slow it downstream, so we're going to eliminate the flashing and flooding downstream. Quadrant says the Water Vliet Rain Garden will give residents a place to sit and enjoy a natural setting as it helps to protect the groundwater. There are more rain gardens planned for the county. This is a great way to help improve water quality as rain gardens. So any place I can in- introduce those into the design, into the, the solution for the water management of the area, I do. And it, not only is it sustainable, but it's very cost-effective. The next two rain gardens will be in St. Joseph Township. Quadrant says more are planned in Niles Township and Sawyer. Gas prices around Michigan are down from a week ago. That's according to the latest report from AAA of Michigan. Spokesperson Adrian Woodland tells us drivers are paying an average of $60 for a full 15-gallon tank of gas, an increase of about $9 from 2021's highest price, which was last November. However, the cost has been trending down in recent weeks. So last week we saw a big spike in prices. This week they're down. But Michigan State average is $4.02 a gallon for regular unleaded. That's down about 20 cents compared to last week. And in Metro Detroit, we're actually below the $4 gallon mark at $3.92 per gallon. The price is still 64 cents more than this time last year. The highest prices today were in Benton Harbor, where drivers were paying about $4.12 a gallon. The cheapest gas in Michigan is in Detroit today, with an average of $3.94 per gallon for regular unleaded. The Berrien County Board of Commissioners is applying for a $900,000 grant to construct a 1.8-mile stretch of the Berrien County Linear Trail in New Buffalo Township. At a meeting last week, Commissioner Jim Curran told colleagues the funds will help complete the non-motorized trail from U.S. 12 to Community Hall Road. This resolution is to apply for a $900,000 grant from the MDOT TAP program, and the TAP program is Transportation Alternative Program. $900,000, it has a uh, 40% match, so it would be uh, $540,000, and the 40% match would be $360,000, and this is to apply for it. 
The Berrien County Linear Trail will eventually connect New Buffalo to Bridgman. Meanwhile, there's an ongoing effort to complete the Marquette Greenway Trail from New Buffalo to the Indiana State Line as part of a broader trail to connect New Buffalo and Chicago. The Southwest Michigan Planning Commission will help the county write the grant for the 1.8-mile stretch of Red Arrow. The project envisions a grant of $540,000 with a $360,000 match from New Buffalo Township. The Cook Nuclear Plants Unit 2 Reactor is back online after being taken offline last Thursday, just a day after it completed its latest refueling outage. Cook spokesperson Bill Downey tells us the plant finished the outage and was being returned to 100% power last week when operators spotted a problem. One of the uh, steam generators, the level reading of water that was being introduced to that steam generator was too high, and that indicator automatically will trip the unit. And that's exactly what happened. It came offline, the operators took over, put it in safe condition, and then we had to determine exactly what happened. From there, the staff got to work on the problem. They learned a digital control that manages the feed water system needed to be adjusted, and that was done throughout the weekend. They restarted the unit and synced to the grid, and we're back online, and everything is working just fine. Downey says the public was never in any danger. Once the crews realized what the issue was, the fix was relatively simple. Unit 2 was offline for 38 days in its latest refueling outage when it was brought back online last week. Then the next day, it was taken back offline. Downey says the next refueling outage will be for Unit 1 next fall. A pedestrian has been hit and killed by a vehicle in St. Joseph Township. Police were called over to Niles Road and Royalton Heights Road about 6.40 p.m. Sunday, but they're not releasing much information other than that. That includes if the driver who hit the person who was killed is cooperating with the authorities. The victim has not been identified yet. Last week was Winter Hazards Awareness Week in Michigan, and state officials and police are encouraging residents to learn more about winter safety and the importance of being prepared for bad weather. Ricky Castro with the National Weather Service says, don't wait until the last minute to get supplies and bad weather. You just put yourself and others at risk by doing that. When we get into really dangerous winter situations, major snowstorm, uh, uh, significant uh, glazed over roads, uh, uh, like a skating rink, those are times where the general rule of thumb is, you know, if you can, avoid driving in it, do so if you can postpone it, if it's not essential travel. He says that have you should have lots of water, multiple days of food, keep mobile devices charged, and be ready to be potentially off the grid for up to three days due to winter weather emergencies. And let's make Michigan a water tech hub. That's the goal of an effort by the Great Lakes Water Studies Institute at Northwest Michigan College and Michigan Tech University. Director of the Institute Hans Van Sumeren says they have buoys in Lake Michigan that measure wind, waves, and water temperature. The idea of forecasting change in the lakes and how it impacts someone who might be recreating on the lake. How do we be better at predicting uh, whether it's a storm event or a wave event or a wind event? These types of information nodes allow us to be better at giving the user that information. Van Sumeren says they have buoys in northern Michigan, but would like to have them in other Great Lakes around the state. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues. A suspect's in custody in Virginia after an overnight manhunt to find the shooter who opened fire aboard a bus at University of Virginia. Police say Christopher Darnell Jones Jr. was arrested without incident off campus. Police believe that Jones, who was listed as a UVA football player in 2018's college materials, but who reportedly never played in a game, 
on Sunday night, shot and killed three university football players and wounded two others. ABC's Karen Travers has the reaction from the White House. The White House says that President Biden and the First Lady are mourning with the University of Virginia community after a deadly shooting Sunday night. Three athletes on the school's football team were killed and two other people were wounded. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says in a statement, administration officials are in close contact with state and local officials and are grateful to those authorities for their swift response. Jean-Pierre says the administration's deepest condolences are with the families, friends and neighbors grieving and adds that while the president President signed significant gun legislation earlier this year. Quote, we must do more, including, she says, an assault weapons ban. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Officials have released the names of the six people killed in a collision between the two vintage military aircraft at Dallas Air Show. The commemorative Air Force on Monday identified the victims as Terry Barker, Craig Hutain, Kevin K-5 Mitchells, Dan Reagan, Leonard Len Root, and Kurt Rowe. They died Saturday when a World War II-era bomber and a fire p- fighter plane collided and crashed in a ball of flames, horrifying spectators who had gathered for the air show that opened on Veterans Day. Several videos posted on social media show the fighter plane flying into the bomber. A federal appeals court today blocked President Biden's student loan debt relief program, or if maybe he's Aaron Katursky. A three-judge panel from the 8th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals said Missouri does have standing to sue the Biden administration over the president's plan to forgive $10,000 in student loan debt for certain borrowers and up to $20,000 for recipients of Pell Grants. It is the second federal court in the last week to block a program that the administration insists is lawful and necessary. The latest opinion conceded whatever the eventual outcome of the case, it will affect the finances of millions of Americans with student loan debt, as well as those Americans who pay taxes to finance the government. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky has made a triumphant visit to the newly liberated city of Kyrgyzstan. He hailed the Russian withdrawal from the southern city as, quote, the beginning of the end of the war, but also acknowledged the heavy price Ukrainian soldiers are paying in their grinding effort to push back the invaders. Retaking Kyrgyzstan was one of Ukraine's biggest successes in the nearly nine-month-old war and delivered another stinging blow to the Kremlin. But large parts of eastern and southern Ukraine are still under Russian control, and the city itself is without water, power, and heat, and it remains within reach of Moscow's shells and missiles. Heavy fighting continued elsewhere in Ukraine. President Biden has met with Chinese leader Xi Jinping in Bali today ahead of the G20 summit there this week. It's their first face-to-face since they took office. ABC's Britt Klenet has more from Indonesia. After a meeting here in Bali that lasted over three hours, President Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping signaled they're open to cooling off tensions. President Biden described the conversation as candid, saying he raised concerns about China's violation of human rights and aggression towards Taiwan. Biden also saying China has an obligation to talk North Korea out of launching more missile tests. One point where Biden and Xi agree is a nuclear war should never be fought, likely a reference to the war in Ukraine. Brit Klenet, ABC News, Bali, Indonesia. Google has agreed to a $391 million settlement with 40 states to resolve an investigation into how the company tracked users' locations. State attorneys general announced the settlement today. They're calling it the largest multi-state private settlement in U.S. history. Officials say the investigation by the states was spurred by a 2018 Associated Press story. The officials say they found Google continued to track people's location data even after they opted out of such tracking. 
New and improved COVID booster shots from Moderna Moderna are working. More from ABC's Derek Dennis. Moderna out with new data on its bivalent booster shot, saying it performs better against Omicron subvariants than the company's original shot, producing antibody responses more than 15 times greater. It's similar to a recent announcement from Pfizer touting its booster effectiveness. The CDC says more than 31 million Americans have received the new updated boosters. The CDC also says COVID in the U.S. is relatively stable, with cases rising only slightly as hospitals Hospitalizations and deaths remain relatively flat. Derek Dennis, ABC News. President Joe Biden says he doubts there are enough votes in Congress to codify abortion rights. The U.S. Supreme Court overturned the nationwide right to an abortion this year. Although Democrats did better than expected in the midterm elections, they're still on track to lose control of the House, which would allow Republicans to block any legislation to protect abortion rights. In addition, some Democrats are unwilling to sidestep filibuster rules to pass an abortion law. And it was a record-setting weekend at the box office, thanks to the Black Panther sequel. Morph maybe sees Jason Nathanson. I am queen of the most powerful nation in the world! People returned to Wakanda in big numbers. The Black Panther sequel, Wakanda Forever, earned an estimated $180 bucks in North America in its debut. The second best opening weekend of the year behind another Marvel movie, the Doctor Strange sequel, which opened to $187 million in May. Wakanda Forever set a record for the biggest November opening of all time, beating the second Hunger Games film. The first Black Panther opened at $202 million in 2018. Marvel is owned by Disney, the parent company of ABC News. Jason Athenson, ABC News, Hollywood. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.